It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Hello and welcome to another week of They Came to Play as we get stuck into AFLW finals. Tigers just missed it. (laughs) Just missed it by this much and about five or six wins. Um, but, oh, well, and the dogs, they couldn't get it done, even though I was personally there barracking for them. But, oh, well. And the men's football, I don't know what that is, is about to begin this week. So it's very exciting times. Couldn't think of a better person to chew through it all than with my friend, Danny McGinley. Hello, Danny. Tess, just when I think the Richmond Football Club cannot screw over the Footscray Football Club <laughs> anymore your women, all I ask, all you have to do is oh, no. beat Collingwood, your traditional rivals, mm. on a Saturday afternoon at two, 3 o'clock. It's prime football time. And yet, no, the treacherous Katie Brennan and Mon Conti <laughs> decide to put one last dagger into their Bulldogs te- former teammates' hearts and tank against the Magpies, just so we miss out on finals. What a disgrace, I believe. Like, when should, we should really start liquidation process. Well, I do you know how KE, even even more lowly, didn't even play on the weekend? <laughs> you know how with your team, because you follow your team so intimately, you're like, right, okay, but if X, if Courtney Wakefield gets it, like, we'll be right, blah, blah, blah. And then when KV was out, I was like, might be difficult. And then like one quarter in, I was like, oh, Collingwood are much better, much better than us. This is going to be a challenge. Uh, And then from there, it only got more ugly. And that was a real bummer because I reckon the dogs would have had it in them on Sunday had they had finals to win. Um, But the the bloody Lions, they're awesome. So I don't think you you wouldn't have won anyway. What are your thoughts? Uh, obviously, we would have won by ten goals and would have just started the fairy tale tilt at the finals. It's the way we do things at Whitten Oval. Uh, it's but, true. Yeah, Collingwood are irritatingly good. I'm yeah. quite excited about the uh, the AFLW finals. I mean, not that you, this might be the only time you hear about them in the media now that the men's game's <laughs> back on. But for those who yeah. who care, which is all of you, two uh, ten uh, this Saturday at Arden Street, Kangas v Dockers. Uh, that is going to be that's going to be a bit of a grudge match because both teams have underperformed this season and they're going to want to fire up. And then uh, a couple of hours later at the Gabba, Brisbane v Collingwood. That's going to be pretty good as well. My tips yeah. are Kangas and Magpies in an upset. I'm going the opposite to you, Freo. You say they've underperformed, but they've been cursed by injury. They'll come good. North North won't get it done. The Dockers will win and the Lions will win and I think the Lions will win the flag. All right, you're on. Who, what, we'll what, what, what are we betting here? What are we betting here? <sighs> oh, okay, have any okay. spare I children? It. I got it. I got it. Whoever loses, and if we get 1-1, one, one, you know, cancel each other yeah, okay. out. If anyone gets that, you have to say something really nice about Hawthorne next week to Lemo. Oh, oh I feel and sick just thinking about it. He won't have heard this because we no, know God he won't no. listen. And so it'll be really he will not know what how to deal with that situation. It's going to be excellent. Okay. Great. I just can't wait to see your Hawks, Lemo. They just look so exciting. Just oh, love Sam oh. Mitchell. 
Oh, yuck. It feels wrong just even hearing you say that. I know. I can't wait for next week. Hopefully you have to do it because it did feel wrong. It actually felt like, you know, there was treacle in my mouth coming out of it. It just felt wrong. (laughs) Couldn't get it out there. Uh, Now, Danny, we're not alone today. Lemo's not with us until next week, but we do have a guest. We do, yeah. So our next guest I met, actually met him like 25 years ago when he was a student uh, trying to trying to get into the world of stand-up comedy. He's now back doing comedy. We gigged together in January and uh, he's a very good comedian. However, in the meantime, he's just done a little couple of other jobs, like including being strength and conditioning coach at Richmond. Uh, Thank you. Well, he's a bit of a well-being guru at the moment. He's worked with Melbourne Storm, Parramatta Eels, The Demons, Magpies. He's all over the shop and he runs uh, now The Undertow, which is a bit of a coaching uh, consultancy group. But please welcome to They Came to Play, Jeremy Dooley. Yes, thanks for having me. I can, look, I can pretend to be Lemo and um, really you know, bite my lip and say that I, 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 I like Hawthorne. Um, yeah. it, it won't feel real, but, you know, it's, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Who do you barrack for? Can I please? Because I, I want it to be Richmond because you were there, but I know with other people that's not necessarily true. No, Ooh. I... Uh, grew up being a very uh, ardent, diehard Richmond fan. Um, oh. Although, because I've been working in footy for such a long time, now I kind of just focus on the the boys that I've worked with. So, yeah, classic. So it spreads around a little bit now. Yeah, spent a bit of time at the Pies, so pay attention there and, and worked at Oakley Chargers and our players are sort of spread across the, the yep. country really. So, But, you know, always have that soft spot for the Tigers. But when you do have, uh, sorry, sorry, Tess, when when you do have that sort of inside football knowledge and you, you know, you do support players over different clubs, there's still a club that you hate, isn't there? Like at no point could you bring yourself to actually support Hawthorne, could you? No, it'd be, look, Hawthorne and Carlton would be the two clubs sort of right at the bottom of my preference ladder. That is is for sure. You'll fit in well here. You're welcome. You can stay. Um, I'm glad you did interrupt me, Danny, because I was just going to go through Richmond list numbers 1 to 50 and just talk through everybody's (laughs) strength and conditioning. And so it would have been a real bummer. But do you have favourites? I mean, who do you follow? Um, look, I, I do have favourites. Uh, some of my favourite players uh, at the moment, I mean, you can't go past Matt Rowell. Um, oh, yeah. I loved working with him. He, he's an absolute jet. Oh. Um, you know, uh, in terms of Richmond, you know, Dusty's obviously, he, he's a freak. But I really love uh, Shay Bolton as well. Oh, yeah. he, you never know what he's going to do. He'll take mark of the year and then he'll kick goal of the year in the, in the same 30 seconds. So they're probably my, t- my two favourite players uh, to watch at the moment. Oh, let's talk enough. about Let's talk about Matt Rowell because he is mm. absolutely one of our favourites here at They Came to Play. And I think he might be temporarily the most beloved player in the AFL because he came yes. out, he played those two games where he was best on ground. We all just love this ginger ninja playing for, and you know, a team that nobody hates, Gold Coast Suns. Yeah. I think, though, in the future, he's going to have haters because he's going to start doing that thing where he beats teams single-handedly. Yeah. But let's talk about him now. Like, uh, he's such a... So he pl- you played with him at Oakley. What? Uh, when, when are we going to see him be awesome? So he was a freak from a young age and he is absolutely obsessed with footy. I reckon one of the most common questions I get is, do you think he'll come back to Victoria? And 
I think he will go wherever there is a football. Like if there was footy being played on Mars, uh, he would go there to play footy because he like he loves it that much. He literally collects Sharon's. That's his that's his passion away from playing footy. He's collecting Sharon's. Uh, so look, I, I think he's an absolute superstar. I think if he gets a, a clear run of things uh, this year with with injury, then. I don't think top 10, top five in the Brownlow is out of the question. Can I ask, you said he's a gun from early age. So if someone's 15 or 16 and a gun, what does that look like? I mean, what are they doing to make themselves like next level? He, you know, when I was at Oakley Chargers, part of the coaching group there, uh, we'd always talk about sort of the professional behaviours and and Matt Rowell and he's legitimately best friends with Noah Anderson who went number two. Yeah. Um, you know, long-time friends, schoolmates, you know, teammates at Oakley, and they would always rock up to training. They'd do the extras beforehand and um, and they'd stay back. They'd ask questions of the coaches and, um, you know, great attitudes, really coachable, and, and they just loved the game. Um, and, you know, they were always in the gym, always doing everything that they possibly could. And I guess the thing that separates Matt Rowell from every other player that I've worked with at, you know, NAB League, AFL, VFL is... Um, not only is he supremely dedicated, but he does the things that coaches love. Uh, he's not just about, you know, taking a bounce and taking on players and kicking a goal. He'll run defensively and he'll he'll tackle. And some of the best highlights that we would show of him um, during the seasons at, at Oakley Chargers were him. Yeah, you know, he'd tackle a player and they'd manage to, you know, get foot to ball and, and get it 20 metres down. And then at that contest, Matt Rowell would already somehow magically be there laying <laughs> other tackles. And he's just a, he was just a coach's dream. Oh, delightful. I can't wait. I, honestly, you're right that you get so attached to to him. Like last year, we just I felt devastated when he was injured again. And I thought this is probably pandemic uh, emotion, but still, I couldn't di- I couldn't differentiate. And I used to do some work in the TAC Cup, and so mm-hmm. similarly, uh, you get very attached to them when they're teenagers, and then yeah. think, okay, off we go. And Bont was one of the players that I would get to watch every weekend, and you could just see that in that level, there's players that are just a cut above when they're so young, mm-hmm. um, and then a few of them that were so extraordinary that then don't quite make it in the AFL, which I always find quite interesting because there's no real rhyme or reason. Like I remember Billy Hartung kicking like 11 goals a week, just an absolute gun, and just never quite found the right club at an AFL level. And so you can never, yeah, some of them you can tell and some of them you can't, but you definitely follow just players, you know, along along the way. Yeah, and, and then you get the opposite. You get the player who, you know, you're, like, you're a bit surprised that they get drafted <laughs> and, and the coach just believes in them at the yeah. time and puts them in a position to succeed. But I think some of the best players that I've ever worked with never made it um, for oh, wow. a variety of reasons. You know, once a recruiter um, makes up their mind about a player, it can be very difficult for them to change their mind. So, um, you know, we had one player a few years ago, at Oakley, who uh, he was the captain and just the best human being you'd ever come across. Um, and he he had a leg condition. He had to have both his legs uh, broken and reset. Um, Whoa, what? Shearing <laughs> because because he like, lived in the dark ages? What yeah, they, exactly. Were they out of leeches? What yeah, is he, this? Uh, he, he stole a handkerchief and that was his punishment. <laughs> um, but he he was a gun. He was the captain of the club, and um, it, he was out of the game for about eighteen months. First game back, 
I think he got about 43 touches uh, playing at Oakley. And, but the recruiters had made up their mind about him and saying that he was injury prone. So he never got his opportunity at, at Where's AFL. he playing now? No idea. He, was, he went to Collingwood VFL and was really impressive there. And I think he had just been told no so many times that he, you know, took some time and, and went travelling. Wow. That's so devastating, isn't it? Mm. Because you, like, part of what makes, like, if you talk about Dusty and Shay Bolton, but you think about that team, you've got Sydney Stack, you've got people who come from a whole lot of different backgrounds. That is good for a team. It's also good for, like, human beings to hang out with people who are from different backgrounds. And the worst thing is in footy is it just becoming a homogenisation of just private school boys who have an excellent pathway and are born and bred to play football at a high level. It just sucks. So... That is annoying because, yeah. you know, but I think in the last couple of years there's been a couple of good stories of recruits um, and coming from different pathways that maybe recruiters will open their minds a little bit to to possibilities, a little bit older, not a horrible thing older uh, either that older kids would get to play. But anyway. With COVID really impacting, you know, the NAB League and, and VFL in, in particular over the last few years, you know, you'll see those players who slip through the cracks at, at draft time. I reckon you'll start to see them in their early twenties yeah. getting an opportunity. Yeah. And what are you do, what are you doing now, Jez? You so on, let's let's go through your journey. How did you how do you even become a strength and conditioning mm. coach? <laughs> Coaches tend to be former players, and you're only what are you twenty eight? Oh, geez, thank you. Uh, I wish uh, I'm uh, I'm thirty six. So it oh, it okay. happened purely. Um, Accidentally, it was never a path I wanted to pursue. Uh, my background is uh, martial arts based um, and I'd just come back from America um, and had a big stint there training, competing in uh, in submission wrestling and, and mixed martial arts and um, a local PT studio uh, living in Coburg um, asked me to come and do some boxing classes for them and uh, one of the people in that class um, was the guy who holds up the board between quarters with all the players' <laughs> positions. Yes. Yeah, he was doing that at Coburg in the VFL. <laughs> and, um, and he pulled me aside one day and said, would you ever be interested in doing some, some strength and conditioning work? Um, at, at- oh, so he wasn't like saying, hey, I've just noticed the way you hold that board and uh, you got you got such Excellent. great triceps. Just yeah, right. yeah, he would just hold it up like a statue. And... Um, and I, I remember calling the guy um, who was in charge of the strength and conditioning, a guy called Rob Innes, who, um, you know, he's now at the Swans. He's had a, uh, he's the high performance manager there and uh, had a chat to him. And I never, you know, I played footy growing up, but it was never something that I, I loved as much as martial arts. And um, and next minute I'm, I'm working at Coburg for a few years. Uh, it was the last few years of the alignment with Richmond uh, in the in the VFL. Um, and then when that alignment um, separated and Richmond was starting their, their standalone VFL team, uh, I had the option of staying and uh, being in charge at, at Coburg or going across to Richmond. And, mm. um, you know, that was a, a no-brainer for me. to I, didn't, I wasn't ready to run my own department then. Um, and when uh, Rob Innes uh, went to Richmond, he said, do you want to come along? Um, that was a, you know, I grew up barracking for Richmond. So, of course, I wanted to work at Punt Road for, for a couple of seasons. Um, and then I went to Oakley Chargers, then to Collingwood. Then I took a year out of the game and, and was uh, living in Sydney working for the Reach Foundation. Um, but even then, my office was at GWS, like we were in Olympic Park, uh, subletting some desks from them. Um, so I was still surrounded with footy and 
uh, when I came back to Melbourne for family reasons, um, uh, I had the option of either going to Oakley or going back to Collingwood. And um, the Oakley um, coach is a really good mate of mine, or the then coach, a really good mate of mine, is at Northern Knights now, a guy called Lee Clark. And he just said, if you come here, you can create your own role. Um, and it doesn't have to be in the gym. Um, and that was a, I, I couldn't have said yes um, fast mm. enough. So most of my role there was working with the coaches uh, as much, if not more, than the players. What were you doing with the coaches? So it was, um, I mean, the, the coaching has changed a lot. You know, if you're even in the last sort of 10 years, the it, it's gone from being, even from a um, philosophy base of, uh, you know, playing to not lose versus playing to win. It's a, it's a subtle shift oftentimes. Um, and at Oakley, it was really trying to figure out how do we communicate with our players as best as we possibly can to get the most out of them. Um, and, we, you know, we um, were, you know, and Lee Clark is, is, I think, one of the best coaches I've ever worked with. And, you know, he uh, created a culture um, and the whole thing was built on, all right, what do we love about this? And the whole, we would end every single PowerPoint presentation for our team meetings with a love heart and hear from <laughs> players about, oh, what do you love about this this week? And, you know, what do you love about your family? What do you love about this opportunity? And so really changing the focus of have to get drafted, have to get drafted, have mm. to get drafted to what do I love about being here and being part of this program? What do I love about the person next to me? And um, and we'd set, set the players up that way and, you know, I think the first year I was there, uh, we had, I think, 13 kids drafted, which was a record. Um, and, yeah, managed to get, I think, about 30 players drafted um, over my time in, in NAB League. Oh, that's awesome. And actually that sets them up so well because part of the uh, rea- harsh reality is that some won't get drafted and they might think they do, but it doesn't mean that football isn't something that they love to do or that they don't get to keep playing in some capacity, whereas the the focus on playing AFL and the, at that level is the only way to be involved in football um, can kind of set people up for Huge disappointment. So just, yeah, what do we love about getting to play together and how good is this what we're doing right now rather than worrying so much about next year is probably excellent. How yeah, good? absolutely. And that's been my whole philosophy like as a coach um, is human first, athlete second. Um, and at some clubs that's been really embraced. In some clubs it, it hasn't been because it's, you know, there might be pressure on for different roles and, um, I think I've always been lucky enough where I've always been doing multiple things. So, for, yeah, for me, it's always been player first, human, that person, what are they? And then athlete becomes like a distant second, third, sometimes fourth or fifth. You're so right because when uh, I think, well, good luck to all of those other people not doing that, but you listen to the press conferences of Ash Barty, Dylan Alcott, Pat Cummins, they all talk about being a great person is, mm. is their main focus and then, you know, what flows from that. And so it's not as though people with that philosophy aren't winning competitions around the world, aren't the best, mm. best athletes around the world. Like it's clearly a good philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it's easy to pretend you're a very nice, happy, positive person <laughs> when you've just won something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, and it is hard when, you know, mm. I've been at clubs where um, you're, you're not winning and it's the, the pressure when you're walking down the corridor is, all right, I need yeah. to avoid this person right now because <laughs> we're going to cop a spray 
Um, but I, I think ultimately, you know, all things being equal, I think a, a lot of people in the higher positions, especially now, and I think the Bulldogs probably um, were the starters of it, you yeah. know, their, their premiership year. I think Bevo really was pushing um, that whole idea of connection um, better than anyone and then, you know, Richmond had sort of taken it from there. But Collingwood, the year that they made the grand final, that was... Hang on, let's just acknowledge uh, that Jeremy has admitted Richmond just stole the Bulldogs' philosophy. Quite like they used to steal our players, still do steal our female players. <laughs> Just uh, okay, cool. Just, just want that. Just on the record. Thank you, Your Honour. <laughs> hey, you say you get a spray. Do, do strength and conditioning coaches get a spray? Oh, absolutely. Strength really? and conditioning coach what? is the first to get fired and the last to get thanked. Oh. So when the coach is under pressure, they're going to say, "Oh, the players aren't fit enough, or we've got oh. injuries," and so it falls back on on strength and conditioning, and it doesn't matter if it's AFL or VFL or NAB League, um, the strength and conditioning coaches are the first ones to cop it because they're, like, you're expendable. And, like, we all know that when we sign up for it. I think we've just found our first they came to play 2022 season bingo because whenever we hear the radio stations or talk back and they're going to say we should sack, they're not fit enough, we should sack the strength and conditioning coach. I'm going to think back to this moment. (laughs) Did you ever even thank them, though? You never thanked them. No, last to get thanked. (laughs) Who's the best strength and conditioning coach out there at the moment uh, that's not yourself? I mean, I, I know you're not a strength and conditioning coach right now, but we all know, you know, that's your true love, and you'll come back uh, any any day now. But who, who yeah. like, yeah, you, they never get thanked. They're they're in the firing line. Who mm. who are the really great strength and conditioning coaches that we're not acknowledging? Yep, um, I'll, I'll give you three who really spring to mind. Um, right. uh, one is a guy, uh, Dean Philopolis, uh, who's at Collingwood, and he's really good because he is really innovative. Um, at the time when I was working there. Um, he was really bringing in a lot of um, a lot of round ball football, small sided games, um, sort of techniques to to help the players sort of improve their hand eye coordination while getting their fitness within drills. Instead of you do a footy thing and then you do your running, uh, he was uh, bringing it all in. And at the time, that wasn't really done to the extent that it is now. So I think he's hugely underrated in the field. Um, and then I'm going to go with the Innes brothers, Rob and Matt Innes. So Rob's uh, in charge at the Swans and uh, and Matt's in charge at the Dogs. And um, they're, they're both absolute elite at what they do and have worked across different sports. And, um, you know, Rob's really good with the injury prevention side of things. And, you know, when he was at Richmond, Richmond had a fantastic run with injuries. Um, and, you know, he's not at Richmond now. And, you know, you already see last year lots of injuries. Um, and whereas uh, Matthew Innes, um, you know, he was an elite fast bowler and um, and he really, um, I remember speaking to him and he, talking about some of the, his beliefs around uh, fast bowling and, and injuries and how um, at the time he copped a lot of pushback in the cricket community, but now that way of thinking is the, is the accepted uh, norm for things and what he's been able to do with the dogs and the way that they play, it's a really fast uh, game style. Uh, it, it, that's not easy to do. Um, and he gets his players up and about every week for that. So I think Matthew and, and Rob, the Innes boys, are great. 
All right, Jez, if he's so good, simple question. Why are the Bulldogs always injured? (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. It's, you know, when it comes to injuries, there's so many different factors in there. It can be a change. It's like a tweak of philosophy. Uh, It can be, you know, when I was at Collingwood, the grounds um, that they do the bulk of their training on is just built on concrete. So the surface can be quite um, a factor in there as well. Um, you know, and, and there's so many different elements that go into it, player uh, training history and, and all those. And sometimes, you, you know, and this is probably um, a bit of a inside secret, but sometimes you're willing to cop a few injuries early on um, to help strengthen elsewhere uh, later on in, in the season. So you'll, you'll cop a couple of losses here and there, you know, in terms of injuries uh, to then be able to rehab someone properly. Is that also, so you said about the fast game style that the dogs are playing. So just say you're implementing a newish game style and you and are you going to just inevitably see injuries while the bodies get used to that style of play? And as you say, are you happy just to cop them? Is that how it works? You, you, you will see that. You look at, you know, and I'm, I'm a fan first and foremost, but you look <laughs> at how often the AFL like makes rule tweaks. Yeah. Um, and you'll see the cost of that in terms of injuries, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, it can be quite challenging from a strength and conditioning perspective because on one hand they want the game slowed down but they also want it faster than it's ever been mm. before. They're not the same things and they're working in, you know, opposing forces. It's, uh, you know, from uh, just as simple as, um, you know, not having to wait for the goal umpire to wave the flag before you kick in. Like those things speed up the game so much but yeah. then... They're also limiting uh, interchange rotations, so they're trying to speed it up and slow it down. Mm. And so you get some players who are real power athletes, like a Dustin Martin, a Jordan Degoe, like those sorts of players are really powerful athletes. But then you get some players who are like the metronomes who can run up and down the wing all day and mm. it, 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 there's just so many factors that go into it and so many different body types and, um, and you know, physical strengths that mm. you have to think about. From a strength and conditioning perspective, AFL is the hardest game on the planet because it's <laughs> on the biggest field uh, with the most players and it goes for the longest compared mm. to you know, all other sports. Mm. Jez, what, and what do you do now? You, you've sort of moved away from the strength and conditioning and you're now a well-being and culture guy. Is that fair? And, you, and you're yeah. also... Uh, you, you've, you've, you've sort of sw- you've, you multiple codes now. You, t- you told now we're not rugby league fans by any strength of the stretch of the imagination. But you were telling me about your time at Melbourne Storm, and it was absolutely fascinating. Just uh, the difference in uh, you were talking about the culture. Tell Tess what you told me about the Melbourne Storm culture. Uh, it was um, so at the time I was doing my internship in strength and conditioning at Melbourne Storm, uh, at, but I was also working. I think I was at Coburg and had transitioned over to Richmond around that time. And um, the NRL culture is just uh, very different. Um, You work the players extremely hard. It's really old school um, Mm. compared to the AFL. Um, And in Melbourne, I think you get this unique sort of thing where the players aren't famous. The players can walk down the street and not get hassled where if you're a, you know, a draftee in the AFL who's played a game, you're still walking to the front of the line at the nightclubs and, and doing all that sort of thing where you can be a Melbourne Storm player, you can be the captain and walk down the street and the majority of people 
don't know who you are. Um, one of the things that um, Craig Bellamy does is for new players, they have to do a couple of weeks labouring um, on a building site. So they have to come in to the <laughs> club early, uh, like they're at the club, crack a dawn to get some of their weights done. They do their labouring during the day and then they come back to the club in the afternoon. They still have to complete all the work, but they have to do a couple of weeks on a, on a building site. I love um, that so much. Yeah. And- and you told me that that could be like even like really famous state of origin players who get draft or recruited to Melbourne. They still have, and, and, and that's about um, appreciating uh, yeah. the job. Yeah, absolutely. Any any new player, they, they have to do it. And, um, you know, it's been reported in the media and all that sort of thing. Like this isn't like an, an inside secret, but um, I think well, it yeah, is. But, about but it's about rugby league, league, league in Melbourne. So, yeah, of course, exactly. we don't know yeah, about it. No one that. read that article in the age. <laughs> No one at all. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just about, um, you know, gratitude for the opportunity that they've got. And, you know, you look at players, that's why I respect VFL players, why I respect mm-hmm. you know, AFLW players as well because they've got jobs that they have to do as well as trying to be as elite as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And you look at, um, you know, just your, your men's AFL players, like they um, – they get the full suite of, you know, they rock up, meals are done for them a lot of times, you know, they train, their days are all laid out and uh, it's only when they get punished that they have to do these sorts of things. Whereas at, at Storm, it's it's right from the outset, he's a couple of weeks doing hard physical labour whilst trying to be an elite athlete. Appreciate the opportunity that you've got. Oh, that's so good. And obviously with Storm, it's worked quite well as a philosophy uh, for their for their success on the field. And, like, that actually, those stories, and you're right, that's what makes me so cross when you hear about men's players <laughs> who rock up to preseason and then they're not fit enough to get a game. Not looking at you, Lockie Hunter, Danny. I just whoa, read that article whoa, whoa, overnight. Whoa, whoa. Just read the article overnight. I didn't write the article. I'm not involved. But apparently not getting a game because he's not fit enough when he rocked up preseason. I'm like, come on, guy. Everything is done for you. You just have to do your job, and your job is just to be super fit. All right, That's hang so on. Lucky. Pull up the pony there, little chicken. <laughs> Let me just say that Lockie Hunter got married over uh, preseason. Oh, yeah, Probably enough. enjoyed honeymoon. He's allowed some <laughs> happiness. Uh, sure. Uh, I've heard rumours that his wedding was a super spreader event of COVID, but <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I mean, uh, 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 the dogs, uh, the, the team's going to be announced today. There's going to be some big uh, surprises. Lockie Hunter is one of them, but COVID has absolutely ripped through the men's side of the Bulldogs as well. So any Dogs yeah. fans listening, when you're surprised at the team selection of round one, uh, just know COVID is still working its way through. So, 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 so back off, Armstrong. Well, it might work out well like your dog's women's team because your dog's women's team was cursed with COVID early on, as mentioned um, in a previous episode, even the COVID compliance officer had COVID. And so everybody had COVID at the dog's women's. But as you saw, once you got your team back and there was no one left to get COVID, you were able to keep a team on the ground. And so that's quite useful because if your men's team, men's season is double the length, you've got a long time to kind of get it together. Absolutely, and that's why at Lockie Hunter's wedding, the main course was bat in Wuhan stock. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me. You know when we were children and we didn't have a chicken pox vaccination, so you used to have chicken pox parties that everyone would get at the same time? Um, You know, just saying, might be handy. Well, I reckon the team this year that uh, goes all the way and gets to the pointy end of September is the team that has had the least COVID interruptions. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
The D's women's team are doing excellent. And part of the thing, well, I remember speaking to Libby Birch very early in the season and she said they were so, they are so cautious. I mean, they're not doing social things outside. They're really, really ferociously avoiding getting COVID and they have had the least disruptions and they've been excellent and they've been able to build oh. their season really normally. They haven't had it yet? Is that what you're telling me? No, a couple of them have, but not nearly as badly. Like oh, there was, you know, the dope. Lions. <laughs> Demon's team very well coached. Yes, yes, he's he's excellent. Um, So yeah, I don't. Yeah, it'll be the same with the men's. Just whoever can get the right players on the park at the right time of the season, look out. But anyway, all right. It's a new new challenge for strength and conditioning. Also, Jeremy, can I ask you about that? Because part of um, the recovery from COVID is like a fatigue situation. So how would you manage that if you were in a club at the moment and you've got players coming back in there? maybe got long COVID, they might be really crook and really feeling it. How do you get people back from illness to get to that next level again? There's so much testing that gets done um, Mm. of players. So you're looking at all these different um, factors there and, and as they come back in, you're sort of giving them a little bit of time to sort of get back into it. You don't want to go from zero straight back mm-hmm. to 100. Um, and then you'd just be retesting um, is how I would imagine they'd be doing it, just retesting those markers just to see, okay, you're still a few seconds off here or your recovery um, isn't where it needs to be and then mm-hmm. you ease back and you'd, you'd probably um, keep building blocks and then retest, build block retest to get them back to that uh it's such an unknown though um and the i guess the literature around it is constantly evolving and emerging so um i reckon each club is going to be doing it slightly differently um Mm -hmm. because you're so limited and and a lot of it is a little bit of guesswork at the moment yeah and we, we, there's so much strength conditioning stuff we want to ask you about, but we, 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 we're, we're coming up to half hour here. Tell us about the the well-being stuff you're doing now. When when we gig together, the next day you were flying up to work with the Parramatta Eels yeah. and you just told me the first thing you get. So it's like a team leadership weekend yeah. thing, which sounds hellish. But then you told, I asked, you know, so what's the first thing you do? You're in a room with, uh, you know, 40 rugby league players. What, what? How do you start that? And it was absolutely fascinating. So share with the group. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so for for that one, um, it was uh, sing a song for 30 seconds. (laughs) Uh, And it had to be a song, you know, so I sort of let it go because you get that response where, you know, 50% of the room laughs, 50% of the room their jocks turn brown because they're freaking (laughs) out. and you let the first person sort of break the ice to prove that it's real and I'm not yeah. telling a joke. Um, and then the, I guess the next phase is like, and I'll tell a story to sort of um, build into it, but um, you got to sing a song that means something to you and you have to be able to talk about why that song means Aww. something to you. Um, and that's when, you know, the, I guess the work that I do is about, so it's about well-being and team cohesion, about bringing everyone together and um, especially with, with males is being able to, I guess, look beneath the surface a little bit. And the way that these guys were able to just stand up there and, and you know, guys were singing songs that you wouldn't expect to have a lot of meaning. Um, you know, one dude got up and sang um, 
was it the Backstreet Boys? I want it that way. Uh, and it was amazing because he was singing it and then everyone, and one of my rules is it's just you. Like you can't have your teammates to like help out, but everyone broke out at the same time in the chorus. It wasn't pre-planned or anything like that. Then this guy told the story behind it and how it was such a significant song for him about a friend who had, um, who had, sadly passed away and just the whole dynamic of the room shifted and oh. um and I asked the room my hands up if you really respect this guy right now for being honest and every hand shot up and uh just shifted the whole room and and was able to I guess be the catalyst for a really strong um dynamic that came out of it. and that was in the it wasn't that wasn't the first grade squad that I think that was the under 20s squad so mm. still at that like trying to be macho because they're all fighting for contracts as well yeah. and, um so they're not as secure in their own skin at that point too and um, they're all from different parts of the country and uh, it was just this this kid who, who stood up there and he and he sung that and um I guess I've always done this sort of work that's been the probably the biggest constant in my life, I, I was lucky enough. I started at the Reach Foundation working uh, with Jim Steins when I was a, a teenager, and it just sort of evolved from there. And um, I, I enjoyed the strength and conditioning, um, but um, I preferred working with people. And yeah, when I was at the Pies, um, I was working in the VFL squad at the time, and um, I just I begged uh, the coach at the time, uh, just give me. 10 minutes at the start of the weight session just to try something. And um, and basically it was uh, two players had to stand up uh, in front of all the other players and um, pick out one person that they really respected um, or admired or really helped them and be able to say why. And it had to be the only rule was wasn't allowed to do with anything on field. Um, mm. And what started off with just a small group of players mid-season, by the end of the season, all the players, all the coaches, all the volunteers, you had um, some senior AFL players and stuff there because it just created such a such a vibe and I've always loved that sort of work. <laughs> okay, so you're saying that really does help teams. Okay, well, why don't we try it? Um, Tess, why don't you talk about someone uh, in the <laughs> podcast who you really respect and, and why? Uh, Limo, because I just love his love for Hawthorne. His love for Hawthorne is just very endearing to me. What about you? Uh, Jez, because he gives me such good ideas. (laughs) Man, that's great what you do, Jez. I think we're barely scratching the surface, but there was something else we wanted to do today, uh, just because it is the start of the the men's season. Uh, AFL.com.au have put out the article that, you just, it's one of the true signs that men's football is back. It's like, it's almost a tradition. It's like the, it's like the banner or, or complaining about Carlton Richmond getting the first round match. It's just tradition that they do the crystal ball prediction articles, which are always so wrong. But I wanted to get, I wanted to do our version. Uh, where we're all going to do our predictions of uh, who's going to win. Now, I'll put, I'll put your rules. Uh, Tess, you can't pick Richmond for anything. Yep. I can't pick the Bulldogs for anything. Jez, you can't pick martial arts for anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, but just a genuine sort of guess on uh, – so I'll, I've, I've got their bunch of questions here. And uh, listeners at home, you can, you can do these as well. Send them in to us on socials. All right. Who start with the obvious one? Who do you think will win the premiership this year? 
I reckon Port Adelaide are a really nice. good chance. Yeah. I'm going Brisbane. It's all yeah, coming together. Cam Rayner back. I think it's they're on. Oh, damn it, I had Brisbane as well, Tess. Yeah, I think they're. Oh God. Are we agreeing? Uh, I respect you. Have that. a moment right now for being on the same. <laughs> I need to scratch my I'm previous. Just bringing answer. you guys together. That's that's what happens. You get me on this, here. We're all on the same page. It's, it's happening. This is why you got the big bucks. This is why you got the gigs you did. Because I'll scratch my answer. I respect Danny for agreeing with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but who do you have as runner-up? Uh, Port, which oh. is, uh, you know, Jeremy, we're very close, but I yeah, I think it'll be a Port Brizzy grand final, which I'd love because I love both those teams. And honestly, I'd love Kenny to get the flag, so whatever. But, um, Jeremy, who do you have runners-up? I reckon the Ds will be runners-up. Yeah. <sighs> okay, can you stop? I've got Ds as well. I reckon Brisbane will beat <laughs> Melbourne. Melbourne will be a bit like, uh, sorry to do this to your test, be a bit like Richmond in the 2018 prelim. They will have a very easy run. They've been, you know, they just keep getting the, the absolute luck with injuries. They'll get there and then they'll just be like, well, we win grand finals. This will be fine. This will be easy. And then Ugh. Brisbane, the plucky little underdogs, just like in 2001, will knock them off. That's what I think. <gasps> yeah, Melbourne okay. don't have Darren Burgess anymore. And Ooh. that's why they had such a, they were so fit, such a great run with injuries. Oh. And, you know, he was in the EPL and, you know, I'm a massive, uh, you know, round ball game fan and he was with the Socceroos for a while as well. But he's gone, I think, to Adelaide. Wow. Oh, that's so, interesting. So was he strength and conditioning or was he? Yeah, he was the head of performance oh. there for the last two, maybe three seasons. That's a good get from Adelaide. Yeah. Elite, yeah. Well, I think he's from South Australia. I mean, you know, why else would you want to go over there? <laughs> that always must happen, right, that when when a premiership, like when there's a premiership, that the vultures come for the players, for oh, the yeah. coaches, for the strength yeah. and conditioning team, and then they get plucked away and then we fall away. Tess calls them the vultures. We at the Bulldogs call them the tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your wooden spoon, friends? Oh, I find this really hard because I actually think, you know, I'm Pollyanna, so I think every team's going to do very well, um, <laughs> except Carlton. But um, I do, Lemo's not here, so I'm going to say the Hawks. Yeah. Oh, coach. Snap They've again. got a rebuild. They've got a rebuild. So they wooden spooners. That's who I've got as well, just uh, <laughs> mostly out of just pure vindictiveness. I'm going to go left field here. I reckon the Saints. Oh, but I, I think they have overachieved over the last couple of seasons, and I just don't see where their improvement is coming from. Oh my wow. goodness, that is so full on. Because when we were going to talk, talk about the big improvers, I was going to say that I hope it's <laughs> hope St Kilda, because you know this seems. I just want Brett Ratton to do well. Mm. Like per, and I get so nervous that like what will happen at Carlton? Like you'll finally get get the team going and then he'll be flicked for Alistair Clarkson or something like that. And so that kind of is annoying. But I don't even know who they've recruited in the off-season, so I haven't really been following it oh, enough I can to say, find out. Did we, did we, I think we talked about it off-air. I watched the first episode of that Show Me the Money uh, oh, doco on yeah. Stan about player agents. Um, uh, um, it's not really <laughs> my cup of tea yet. Maybe 
you know, it's just, maybe, maybe I'm just not that sort of person who goes, oh, wow, you've got an executive office and you play golf with footballers. Wow, you no, must be a good think- person. It's a bit sort of like watching a whole <laughs> bunch of real that? estate agents. I'm not. We've talked about uh, vultures before. Yeah, yeah, a bit of that. Uh, so <laughs> it's. Um, oh, but oh, sorry, the point I was going to make. Um, Luke Dunstan was St Kilda's best uh, person for getting inside fifties, and they dropped him. He's gone to the D's. Mm. Yeah. I know. Also, I, as you know, I have very specific memories of football players that that I decide whether or not they're amazing people or not. But there was one game where St Kilda had lost and it was a couple of years ago and their coach was about to get sacked and Luke Dunstan just cried in the post-match um, interview because he just loves St Kilda so much and he just really wanted them to turn it around. And I remember thinking like, oh, my God, I love that guy. Like he would do anything for this team. So then when they got rid of him, I thought, oh, no, that to me is a bad signal because he seemed like he was someone who was in it, you know, and a good club person, but who knows? But yeah, they <sighs> poor old Saints. Never <laughs> come good. My poor family. I'll send them this as a as a little prepare prepare yourselves emotionally. Okay, well let's go. Let's go a more positive one. Who do you think will move up the ladder? Moving up is the next one they have there. Uh, I'll, I'll go first, just so you guys. So I'm not just stealing yours. Um, Gold Coast. Surely, surely now. you got such a great team with Rowley and Noah Anderson, Isaac Rankine. Took Miller is so awesome. Surely they make finals this year. Come on, sons. Ben King resigning. It's all yes. good things happening. Oh, I don't know. I don't, that's very positive. I'll believe it when I see it. But as I, I think I mentioned last week on the pod, the Gold Coast women's team, very big improvers this year, and I reckon there's good things happening at the club that they've got good people involved. So who knows? Mine would be Freo um, mm. on a similar story, but I really like their coach. I really think they've got some great young players like Sarong and just like some super excitement. Um, Nat Five, obviously still an excellent player and he's got rid of the go- the Nickelback goatee. And so I feel like, you know, that should be good for him um, in terms of his performance on the field. And their women's team is so excellent. I just feel like there must be good things happening at that club as a whole. So yeah, Freo for me. There's a team um, that finished 12th last year um, and they've won three of the last four premierships and uh, I reckon... um, That's all the time we've got here on They Came to Play. (laughs) I reckon Richmond will be a massive, massive improver. Uh, uh, The long break um, will work wonders for for them and for their list and bringing in Tarrant to replace Asprey Mm -hmm. is awesome. They've, They've drafted well. Um, I'd love to see Shay Bolton just be a full-time midfielder and not a goal sneak. Um, <laughs> that would be that would be ideal. I reckon Richmond will finish. Uh, I reckon they'll finish top four. Ooh, I love it. Very keen. <laughs> All right, back to negativity. Who do you think will drop down? Oh, I think. I mean, West Coast didn't make finals last year, but I oh. really think they won't make finals again this year, and they may they may fall away a bit on their on their way forward. You That's copied me again, Tess. I've got the well, Eagles. You get stuffed. We should have done this beforehand. We I, should have. I've never known we've had so much in common. I know. No, I just like, think that um, I think the the borders being closed for so long will play with them psychologically. They, none of them have had COVID yet. I think they'll have a very COVID-interrupted mm. season. And I also think Adam Simpson is smart enough to begin a rebuild now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. It's short-term pain. What do you reckon, Jez? I think we are all in unison. 
Very <gasps> nice. Okay. They're, they're good players. They're just getting a little bit long in the tooth. Um, and I think that COVID element for the WA teams is going to see both of them finish, uh, you know, down the bottom of the ladder. Huge. One more team I think will fall away, but that I can't say too loudly in my house uh, is Geelong. Oh, but we Geelong. say that every year, Tess. But we I still think that's it's true. 2014. <laughs> also, one day we're going to have a really big chat on this podcast about what it means to fall away because if you just make finals every single year but you never win and your players still get older and you never do anything with it, then are you really succeeding is our conversation for another week. Anyway, mm. I think they'll fall away. Very good regular season team, Geelong, yeah. and then no. Yeah, yeah. All right, Tess, I'm not going to bother with the next one, but I do want to ask Jez, they've asked to predict the rising star. I think you and I are just going to pick a bulldog or a tiger, <laughs> you know, to just be optimistic. Jez actually knows who are the new great young recruits. Who, who do you have, Who's your pick for rising star, Jez? I reckon Nick Dacos. Um, Boring. Nick Dacos. No. Will, uh, will, uh, he will average probably 20 touches a game right from the outset if he gets a good run of injury. Um, you know, the the thing with uh, um, Horn Francis, is, is that his name? Yeah, who, who went yes. Horn one? Francis, yeah. yep. Um, he's going to be a major focus of opposition um, at, in North Melbourne's team. So you'll probably find that physically he cops a battering, whereas Dacos has some good midfielders already there. Um, and my Smokey, uh, because I love him, is Jamara Hagen. Oh. <gasps> Get him in the team. He'll be jumping on people's heads. He'll be kicking goals over each shoulder and making uh, making defenders look stupid. Love it. I'm also glad to hear from you about Nick Dacos because I heard someone else say that, but I know they are a Collingwood fan. So I was like, I don't know if I can trust this as an independent idea. You know, you could, when when Collingwood people say a Collingwood player is going to win Rising Star, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Now, he could have played every game for them last year. Oh, wow. Okay. How exciting. All Jeff. right. Now this is where we have to get a bit creative. Uh, headline you'll see and the headline you won't see uh, if you've got anything on this, I can I can pause recording if you want to take some time to get it to get it together. Um, headline uh, you will see um, Geelong happy with list profile, um, <laughs> and headline you won't see is James Hurd returns to coach. <laughs> Hasn't he gone to the Giants? He was somewhere sitting in the stands, but. Um, yeah, he's probably not, he's not going to be a senior coach anytime soon. Okay. You can, you can swap Heard for Bomber Thompson, you know, any, <laughs> you know, that's... <laughs> we'll go through the list. Ross Lyon. Yeah. Um, okay, headline you will see, Carlton fails to uh, break through despite positive signs. Uh, headline you won't see, Essendon breaks finals drought. Uh, <laughs> sorry to them, not quite yet. I think I was still in high school when they won, last won a final. Yeah, really um, vivid memories because, as we've discussed, whoever the dominant team was when you were a child is kind of you you don't need them to win any finals. And so Essendon and Hawthorne, I still I, I have no appetite for them to win finals because I'm it's imprinted in there from childhood that they're, they're the baddies. Okay, my ones I've got, headline, and I'll, I'll even pick the pun that the Herald Sun will use with it. Gil, please. Gillen McLaughlin announces uh, he will step away from the CEO role. Uh, mm. There might be a succession plan. Maybe he'll you know, say, I'll spend the next 18 months looking for it. But I think he'll announce that he's survived COVID. He's brought in AFLW. He's got his legacy. He will back away. 
Uh, and I think, and the headline you won't see is uh, "Tigers fans win beauty contest." <laughs> Excuse you. Um, we've got our own private contest because we've got so many fans. We don't need to be in the public ones. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else? We- okay. Um, last two. We've got two more to go. Who should headline the grand final entertainment? Ooh. I'll I'll go first. I've had time to think about it. You yep. just can't go wrong. Like you know, dream would be they bring in ACDC because that would just absolutely, no one's going to not watch that. However, just with keeping with Australian acts who have sold the most tickets overseas, you can't go past the Wiggles. (laughs) (laughs) I love that whenever the Wiggles does like the Triple J Hottest 100 or uh, like a version or, or things like that, everyone just, all of Australia just gets the joke and goes, yep, damn straight the Wiggles are playing that. Yeah, totally. All right, I'm going to go Midnight Oil. It's their last album, right. they say, finale tour. They're doing it this year. They're around. They would absolutely pack it out. It'd be so. I saw them live two years ago, and it was just the best gig. Uh, Neil Young and them, but yeah, it was amazing. So definitely, they should get the oils. I saw them two weeks ago, and they were also <laughs> awesome. Um, and that would be my thing. I'm not sure if they would do it. Um, so <laughs> in which case, you'd probably. I, look, the AFL will probably, um, you know, scrape the bottom of the barrel um, and so it wouldn't shock me if it's, you know, taxi ride. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Can I just say, it's no offence. everybody. Yeah, no offence no offense to taxi ride, but the Victorian government, for our interstate and international listeners, because COVID, like, impacted Victoria so much, the government were trying to do these, come back to Melbourne. It's so cool, guys. You can get the best restaurants here where, like, it's, with oh, new, you, everything's modern, everything's blah, blah, blah. And are you the talking song about that, that ad with chose, Ben Lomas? Yes, that's on. the song that they chose was Taxi Rides. Get sad, everybody. Like, that song is 25 years old. <laughs> that is not cool. What? Get me in that room. Honestly, when people are making logos that look like dick and balls or boobs <laughs> or they're choosing music for ads, I'm happy to be the normal person in the room that says absolutely not. Don't do that. All uh, right. Like, who knows, the next AFL promotion will be um, CDB, Let's Groove. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wouldn't mind it. It's actually a banger. Who knows? Oh, funny. Okay, okay. Danny, next question. The last one is what's your big call? Now, this can be. This is sort of very open-ended. It could be about absolutely anything. Yeah, I know. I'm seeing in your eyes, you, you're like, it's, it's just a blank page in front of you. I will, I'll get it kicked off. Um, did you guys see the story over summer about the MCG changing some of its catering? Uh, so <laughs> Red Rooster is out. Uh, mm. Of Now, I'm just looking at that, and I look at the sponsorship deals going around. McDonald's have an exclusivity deal at one of the stadiums and there will be just McDonald's is the only thing you can get at a stadium. That's what I, that's my big call. That'll be a big controversial talking point. Ooh. That's, that's I, not a bad one. Okay, I'm going a real one that I think will happen. I think the men's what? and women's players. Hey, what? Please, my McDonald's one's real? <laughs> Um, I'm not a goose, so I'm going to go a real one. No, oh, jeez. Hey, I, I changed my answer. I don't respect Tess. 
Oh, wait, no, thank God I never said never, that. You never said that. You respect Jeremy, and fair enough. Um, I do too. He's only been on for five seconds on the pod. I'm like, he's the best guest we've ever had. Anyway, um, my big call is that the men's and women's players will do a joint CBA. We'll negotiate together because oh, Patrick good. Dangerfield is excellent. He really invests in the women's game and so does his wife and I feel like if he's the head of the AFLPA this is a really good opportunity for them to negotiate together like the cricket players did it was a real game changer the players in the last couple of years have been asked to do extraordinary things in extraordinary times so it's time for them to take back a bit of the power back from the AFL and negotiate together huge Mm. yeah that is a big call all right Um, Jez what do you got bring Tazzy in yeah of course get him in yes what would you call him Oh, yeah. There's a lot of places I could take this. Uh, The Tassie Cousins is, is, uh, you know. (laughs) Come on, Jess. Low hanging fruit. (laughs) The Tassie low hanging fruit. Now that's uh, (laughs) not as bad as jack jumpers. So let's go with that. (laughs) I mean, devils and all, and tigers are all all those sorts of things already taken. Jack jumpers, uh, the, you know, the Tassie ancestry.coms could be interesting as well. Built-in sponsorship, though, so that's good. As I've said many times on this pod, uh, uh, dolphins is what they should be called because there are dolphins native to the Derwent. It's a good sports team name. You know, people like dolphins there and Northern Territory crocodiles coming in as well. You heard it here first. Mm. I love that because I also think, like, you know, bull ants. Like, there's a whole lot of things in Australia that are quite cross-sounding that we've really gone away with. Like, I hate yeah. that, like, local clubs are called the Giants because the GWS players are called it. I'm like, no, come on. We've got better. Th- we've got stuff better than that. Yeah, the the, the Hobart megafauna also be <laughs> like a real. Yes! That would be amazing. They are terrifying. There's nothing scarier than the idea of a giant wombat. I would love <laughs> to see, though, a Tassie team have to play like a Darwin-based team and just to watch these pasty people from Tassie just like sweating profusely but then get the Darwin team used to yes. that sort of climate down in Tassie and just like turn blue on the field. Beautiful. Be really entertaining. That's what the Bulldogs do when we force Queensland teams to play in Ballarat. <laughs> you know, hearing that um, Clark has taken the year off coaching so that he can run the Tassie team, that nothing has ever made me think we're getting a Tassie team more than that because you know how Gillen always just does, you know, what Clarko says. And so I was like, well, Clarko says we're getting a Tassie team. They'd be like, well, all right, well, I guess we are. So good luck to Tasmania because I think it's coming. Get him in there. Okay. Well, Clark has also just texted me and told me it's time to wrap up, so it's time to go. <laughs> but it's been lovely. Jeremy, thanks so much. I've got to honestly listen to your stories for a very long time, and now I am even more affectionate towards Matt Rowell, and I, if he gets injured, it'll be the end of me. So thank you so much for coming on. Me. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. And, Danny, I'm sorry I couldn't get it done for your dogs um, on the, week- That's <laughs> on the right. weekend. Yeah. Any capacity and good luck Wednesday with your capitulated team uh, coming up in the grand final rematch. <laughs> um, I think there was a I think there was a compliment in there somewhere <laughs> under that sea of backhanders I just copped uh, but thank you go dogs go tigers